Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. You're listening to Season 5 of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. I'm your host, Molly Matthews. And I'm Tom Mustin. The disappearance of a pregnant Frederick woman and her two children has captured the nation's attention. Shanann Watts and her two young daughters haven't been seen in the last two days. We have live team coverage of this case. Jacqueline Allen is in the... Guys, it's episode 14 out of 15. That means that this is our second to last episode of the season. Um, really excited about this one. We have Ted Travelstead here today. Hey, Ted. Hi. I'm so excited that you're here for this because, well, I'm always happy to have you here. But this is a first for us because we've never done a movie that just came out. Like very recently, I think this was in the last two months it came out. It was right on on demand for me, which is exciting for everyone at home that wants to watch it. But it's also a really new crime. This happened in two years ago, I think. Yeah, two, yeah, yep, yep. Twenty fall, twenty eighteen, mm-hmm. summer, late summer, twenty eighteen, August, I think. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a. It was a rough one. I actually followed this case. Like it was one of the ones that sort of was at the top of the news cycle, and then I really just hooked into it. It was something that blew my mind right away. Yeah, I Have you heard of it. Oh, I'd heard of it, and I I didn't deep dive into it uh right away um but when i knew this was coming up i started to look more and more at stuff and i feel like there's it would have taken me a month to get through like just there's so much there's out so there. much there's so much theory there's so much and this is like the this is one of those movies that's so strangely like you know a good third to half of the movie is reenacting footage that already exists i mean i that's like my first note in this is that i really like the cinematography in this i thought they did a pretty good job with it mm-hmm. because they were able to utilize all of the footage that's already out there like before i even before he was even convicted, I had already watched all of Shanann's Facebook Lives. The body cam footage is probably some of the most iconic body cam footage ever. And they did a really <laughs> yeah. good job of capturing it. Like, yeah. it's, it actually really got me addicted to looking for the body cam footage before anything else when like a major disaster happened mm-hmm. just because i fell in mm-hmm. love with like how close you are to it and also everyone is sort of afraid to interact with cops so like the way the emotion that you see in a body cam is like i sound like a serial killer but like it's it's like nothing else it's great and then also like the ring.com videos like there there was just such a like a paper trail here with this couple that there it's like endless you can spend hours doing it yeah and also this is very well shot body cam footage for play the body cam play 
basement. Like it's you're seeing like I've seen a fair amount of body cam footage and it's like sometimes, you know, you're seeing like people, you know, from the waist down or like just just lots of movement. But this almost seems like steady cam. Like it was interviews. like the cop knew that he was about to make like an award winning film. Yeah, I mean, he gets inside that, like, he's, it's like, it's almost like uh, POV. Yes. It's crazy. Oh, God, that would be crazy virtual reality. The Watts' home, the morning of the, like, interrogation. Oh, my God, amazing. (laughs) Guys, I do want to say this, though. I understand that there's probably a lot of even new people listening to this episode because it is a hot topic. This is a brand new movie. I know a lot of people who followed this case really hated this movie. And I want to be as respectful as possible about that throughout the movie. That's why I spent today and the last day um, before that doing really intensive research on kind of like the people who follow this case. Um And there's a lot of amazing people online who have done a lot of work on this and sort of putting things together and have seen things that we don't know about. Maybe the police have made those connections and you're all really passionate about it. So I want you to know in advance that this is a podcast where we make some jokes. None of them are at the ex- like you know expense of who these people are as individuals. It's also we're sort of roasting the movie, so please yes. don't get that confused. If at any point we're sort of laughing about what's happening in the movie or some sort of detail or dialogue or whatever, we're not laughing at the victims. I think that it's important that at some points we'll give our own POV on some of the things about the victim and, and Chris himself, of course, and Nicole, who is a whole, I had no idea some of the stuff you guys, it's crazy. Yeah. I think that's very good that you said that. Cause I was going to say something similar, which is that the crimes in themselves, it's horrific and it's, you know, it's, it's just very upsetting to think about this happening and what happened. So, but being a comedian, you know, coming at things, it's really like, yeah, it's about like the laughs for me come from the movie. Yeah. And, and, and seeing, you know, the difference between the movie and real life and seeing how they tried to turn real life into a dramatic narrative and add certain things that might not have been there. Um, I mean, it's very close, but they're injecting it with certain things that... uh, I mean, they got to tell a story in 127 minutes. And there's Mm -hmm. a lot here that... You know, only true stands know. I thought that I really followed this case. I don't know if you call it like a fan of this case. Like, I don't know what you would call it, but I, re- I thought I was. And then I have come to find out, find out that in life, you know, as we all do, I know nothing. Like, I had no idea all of the stuff that has been unearthed and some of the, you know, sort of nuances of people's personalities. Like, I had no idea about any of this stuff until... You know, I guess the last week I I did. I researched more than the last two days. It's been going on for a while. And I've rewatched all the uh, interrogations and everything. It's with new eyes, with fresh eyes after watching this movie. It is a little bit surreal. Yeah, it is. And there's a lot of layers. And I'm I'm excited to learn some of these things because I feel very like I've just skimmed the surface. And I've, you know, I've watched the movie twice and I've done, I've watched a lot of the, uh, on you know, different videos, real life stuff as well. But I mean, um, 
there's a lot. Yeah, and I, I definitely, I think that the waters could get a little muddied in here because I want to fill Ted in on as much of the tea as I found out today. The information and little pieces that, I mean, make this movie make even more sense. Some of the more subtle subtle moments in the movie i know the background on them a little bit more now and so yeah that's exciting to me yeah in those areas i think they did great that might sound like are we talking about the movie are we talking about the case we're talking about both but you know should we chuckle throughout which we always do ted and i have a blast okay (laughs) um you know like that's not personal so um i'm gonna say first of all that this movie I thought it was pretty great. Like, I found it compelling. Yeah, I I, I have to agree. There was like, the, the, the difference between this and movies in the past is that there have been times with movies in the past where it's felt like a bit of a chore to make it through certain, sure. uh, you know, scenes or, you know. But this one on the first watching, I was like, uh, my wife and I were getting ready to eat dinner, and I was like, "You just, I just gonna need fifteen minutes to finish <laughs> finish this." You this needed movie. to know because they do hit you with like this is colon confessions of a killer. So mm-hmm. this is all about that sort of post trial confession that they got in jail in prison, and um, you know, it's really something. I mean, I think that there was a lot of unanswered questions. Again. I sort of tapped out before the confessions even really came out because I was like, what's he going to say? I thought it was going to be some sort of fluff interview. They always give that. And I'm like, who can, how can we trust this man at this point? Like mm-hmm. anything he says mm-hmm. is just probably going to be stroking his ego or sort of loosening up his guilt here. But Chris uh, really dropped it all. You spend a lot of this movie wondering, is he... Does he think everyone is dumb or is he just dumb himself? And I think he's just a very av- a man of very average mm-hmm. intelligence. Yeah, abs- I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I don't think he's like, oh, I'm like so much smarter. It will be so easy to get away with this. No, I think he's not diabolical as much as he is of limited intelligence. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think... Um, well, also quickly, what I liked about the movie is the structure was very, it reminded me very much of Forensic Files, the show Forensic Files, which I've oh. seen every episode of, huge fan. It's been a while since it's been out, but but it was in that they would lay out what happened and lay out like, you know, the like they would have a suspect and they would arrest him and then he would tell his story and, but then the last third or, or or so of the show was always like here's what really happened like and oh. it would like go through a reenactment of like basically you know it sounds I like mean, i would love forensic files oh yeah it's on netflix it's like a half hour i used to take a crime nap to it like i'd seen so many mm-hmm. that i would like <laughs> lay on the couch and just put on episodes i'd seen and then <clears throat> yeah uh, you know. it's like the sort of the uh part of you that feels kind of <laughs> I don't know if I'd say shitty, but like I would like start a 2020 episode that I have on the DVR and then just like pass out halfway through. Never bother to find out who killed the girl. Like and, and, you know, it just sort of moved on with my life. Um, And that's sort of the nature of these programs for sure. It's like you're just, you know, sometimes you're you're really in it. Sometimes it's like I'm folding laundry. I'm thinking, you know, I don't know. Did this guy he seems fishy, you know, you uh, yeah. But and which is a real commentary on our society 
society that we can, you know, commodify like tragedy into like bite size, you know, like uh, elements that we can either, you know. I think we need it though. You know, there's something about us that oh, we sure, love. There's it. a cathartic element. Yeah, I SVU think. is on for 21 reasons or 21 seasons for a reason 21 you know reasons it's like, for 21 seasons that's what i'm saying um so i yeah i will say also that's a really good way to sort of point out as well that there's multiple narratives sort of going on in this movie or points in time that we're falling uh falling in on this movie so at some points we're going to be going to the interrogation room which is interwoven with parts of the story so if i ever am just randomly mentioning the interrogation room that means that there was a cut back to it um we're going to find out some more information and let me just say tammy lee uh the the woman the actress brooke smith who i'm a huge fan of um from not only silence of the lambs but uh many other great roles after that uh plays the interrogator mm-hmm. tammy lee i don't know if that tammy name, lee's her real name it must be her real name because that would be a weird thing to just throw in fictionally out of like, nowhere we're right? gonna call her tammy lee <laughs> <laughs> um she's a, i love her so just seeing her was she like, has the uh, best line in the movie at the end or just somewhere it's the coolest part i'll tell you that is it is it the is it the um one of us yeah and then five minutes from now guys just remember we're gonna you're gonna know what the coolest part of this movie is and it really is the coolest part the delivery of that line is brilliant right um, now only one of us knows the coolest part but in about an hour we'll all know the coolest. every part. nacho <laughs> expert as well um all right you guys so Let's open up on a home video of Cece and Bella playing in the yard. Um, we hear the story being reported on the news. It's just sort of one of those like pre-movie sort of moments where they're melding together all the scenes. And you're like, oh, my God, this is going to be chaos. Um, titles. Titles were great. I thought good font looked professional. I will say a little fun fact about this movie is I had a hard time finding it on IMDb because it's still called the untitled Chris Watts Project. Yes, I noticed. That. I'm like, guys, it's been like... Like a month like let's get going on this we know the ending we don't need to the actor who plays chris watts sean clyer i believe his name is is unreal at the way he like nailed down his mannerisms he even says north carolina the way mm. that chris does mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. he's got it down and i also think wardrobe is I'll just say it. This is the best wardrobe we have ever had in a Lifetime movie. It was so spot on. Mm -hmm. Like, it was like she went through their laundry. Like, it was perfect. Unbelievable. Um, I'm a big fan of this movie. I feel like it's going to score very high. Yeah, Um, I, I, I agree. So we see Chris uh, being interviewed, and this was his Scott Peterson moment where he chose to speak to the press when he absolutely should not have been speaking to the press. <laughs> Very rookie move. I was saying to Sammy earlier that I think the main difference with Chris Watts and Scott Peterson was that Scott Peterson was like showboating a little bit. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. He, he came off really like, oh, you know, if she's out there, she'll come home. Like Chris Watts, I think, was just dumb and panicked and thought like maybe if he did this it would sort of cover yeah like he just seemed way in way over his head like from the get-go um and just like the the 
stuff he was rambling you know well if they're safe if they're safe to come back uh, like it just it, it just yeah it was it his was, undoing like that yeah. looked so bad and you know it's hard to say because there was that woman Heidi Broussard in Austin and her she and her baby got kidnapped and it turned out her best friend kidnapped them and killed Heidi to take the baby one of those and they go and interview Heidi's fiance the father of her child and right away everyone's like he's guilty he did it and you kind of can't win with these interviews and you're already so suspicious just as a family member you know um it's different when the parents do it but when you send the husband out he's not gonna win and this is a good example of like Obviously, he truly was guilty. But then, you know, that guy, that poor guy in in Austin, like he didn't do anything. And he was on the other side of the worst news of his life. And half of Twitter was like, you know, the true crime community can be very boundaryless at times. I've noticed, you know. Yeah. 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 That's disturbing. No shade. No hate. And then but then if you're like, nope, you know, I'm not going to talk to the press then you get screwed for that too. You know, it, it really is a lose lose in in those situations. Don't marry anyone who could potentially get murdered, and certainly don't murder anyone. I think that that is my I mean, takeaway. That's great advice, guys. Uh, subscribe at, or unsubscribe. Um, so <laughs> we cut to the point of view of the camera that was in the squad interview room. Famous footage. If you've watched anything about this case, you've probably seen this interview. Did you get a chance to watch it? The one on the porch? The interrogation. Oh, uh, bits and pieces of the uh, the interrogation. But mostly the like the media stuff and body cam stuff. They were able to pull a lot of the... Standard Actual. tricks with him. Oh, yeah. But they also did pull, I think, some of the real life audio. Definitely during the lie detector test, I heard Chris's voice wow. during some part, okay. like real life Chris's voice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they remade all of this footage for the movie. Again, what I fucking love about it. I think that was for the the fans of this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. case. I don't know. Um, so in this clip, we're going to meet Tammy. Your girl, um, she administers the lie detector test later. And basically, she she uh, is like, you know, how you doing? And he's very nervous. He's stammering. He, the actor does a great job of sort of playing through this, too, because that nervousness isn't easy to play through, I'm sure. You're you're an actor. You yes. know, right? Like, y- yeah, I, I can only imagine that that would be the hardest part of acting is being convincingly flustered. Uh, yeah, I, I would think, I mean, uh, uh, look at me now. I'm, right. Is that convincing? Is, <laughs> it's really happening. No, I'm buying it, my I, dog. No, I think it, that is, that can be, um, hard, but I think uh, the biggest, a big, another huge challenge would be like doing all that within the, while embodying a real person. Yeah. You know, and like trying to, uh, you know, have the mannerisms and the vocal pattern and all that stuff. Like so. he has the example. He has exactly what he needs to do on tape. And then he just needs to match that. And, but it's like how, how to not make it a parody and how to make it like, you know, just real. And I have then, no nuance. Yeah. I could never be on camera. Like, I don't know how to do something small. Like I theater act like when I'm talking to people like that's those are just my mannerisms on screen. I can I would be the least subtle individual 
that has ever appeared in a film or television. Um, so he does this thing in the room, which is how I know he's just, I would lie like this. This is exactly how I would lie because I'm dumb and bad at it. Where I would be like, she's like, I've just, you know, I've never taken a lie detector test before. And she's like, well, that's normal. Most people haven't taken. She doesn't buy any of his shit. Like, I don't think he's used to that from women. Like, as much as he's used to a type A woman, it's very different when you're just seeing a woman who's good at her job and she's interrogating you about your wife's murder. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a whole different type of uh, type That's a, a new combo. Yeah. Um, so she's like, you know what? If you tell me the truth, you're going to be cleared and we can move on. We always have to do the family, right? Yeah, just get, get you know, we just want to say we Chris is out of the way and let's move on and find the real killer. And obviously, she says, you wouldn't, I mean, you wouldn't be dumb enough to come here and do a lie detector test if you did it. And he's just cracking under that because he already realizes I've already started with bad lies. Like, she already knows I'm bad at this. Getting that psychology, you know? So, we're going to play three smaller scenes back to back. Um the pacing in this movie, I think, is great. A lot of people on Reddit were saying that it was too much too fast. It was like going way too fast. I agree, guys, 127, an hour and 27 minutes. So um, we're going to see Shanann telling the news that she's pregnant to Chris. And this really did happen. Yes. I, I watched the Facebook Live today. I will say he had a smile on his face in real life that made his voice sound cheerier. But he was kind of unfazed. We're going to play that. And then um, her T-shirt is the thing that says, oops, I did it again, just for you guys at home. Um, And then we're going to see a quick clip of what we're going to see throughout the movie, which is a his Thrive routine. Every day he hits the patch, he does his pills, and then he takes a drink of his shake. I also heard people didn't really, they thought that that was repetitive and giving too much credit to Thrive, which is the name of the multi-level marketing scheme that Shannon was Shanam was a part of, and um, which they called Strive. Strive, movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like they were the only thing that was legally protected in that. Like that's what I, a lot of people don't understand. Like why they were able to use their names, guys. They're like public figures. Unfortunately, they don't need to ask the family's permission to make this. But Thrive, they have to ask their permission, and there was no way that Lifetime was going to get an illegal moment with them. No. No, but yeah, and also, but what I did find interesting is that um, Cindy Watts was mm. not his mom. Chris Watts's mom was not portrayed, and has been a real like I just she's a problem. Yeah, like she's a big kind of like defender of his, and like talks about how terrible Shannon was. Did you see um, Don't Fuck with Cats? I couldn't. Okay. Um, she reminds me a lot of Luca Magnata's mom. Um, and then after that scene, we're going to see uh, Chris working in the field. Word has started to get around uh, with his coworkers that Shanann's pregnant. So we're going to play 502 to 711, please. Chris. Hey, Chris. Come here. I have to tell you something. We did it again. <laughs> I like that shirt. Wait, really? Really? Oh, God, really? 
it's pink, does that mean it's going to be a girl? Or? No, we don't know. That's just what the test says. Oh, I know, I know. God. Oh, that is awesome, really? baby. Mm. Really? That is... Oh. <laughs> I guess when you want it to, it just happens. Oh, go there. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Damage here. Monitor shot. Run it by the office to get a chance. Nikki will take care of it. Hey, uh, you missing something there? No. Sure. No. <laughs> oh my god. Save my butt. That's what I'm here for. I gotta get this thing resized. It keeps slipping off. How far are you down now? 30 pounds. That's drive. I tell you, man, strive works. Like, that's the meta burn. I feel more focused. I have more energy. Like, the pounds keep flying off. My wife will get you on the program. Seriously, all you have to do is say the word. Yeah, right. There's a convention this weekend at the Devil Tree. You should stop by. I'm thinking we'll sleep in this weekend, man. Hey, uh, tell Shan congrats on the new kiddo. Take her out. On me. Gift cards. Yeah. Thanks, man. I'm really hoping for a boy. Either way, you're a number. Three's more than a few. There's lots. And many. So, Chris's reaction on the Facebook Live seems kind of normal to me. I actually think that it was like a whole... It was a little fucked up <laughs> to like... I mean, we find out that this baby was an issue like for them they chris said he wanted the baby shenan didn't want to go for number three they wind up you know having getting pregnant right away basically and she surprises him on this facebook live and that could have gone a lot of ways yeah you know it was a little bit i i almost wondered if she was like doing it to make sure she got a good reaction at the same time he didn't necessarily know he was being filmed i don't know what he was laughing about when he walked into the room and saw her shirt said oops we did it again well in the in the the real video or the in both because well, like both. he's like walks in he's like oops we did it again and then she like holds out the pregnancy test and he's like oh wait you're pregnant i'm like what were you laughing at that shirt <laughs> well yeah he in the real one he comes in and there's a good like almost five seconds where he like stops and he's like He's like kind of looking, and you're like, "Oh, no, what's going to happen?" But then it's almost like he doesn't; he, his vision isn't great, right? <laughs> or he's like, or he's just trying to process, like, "Oh, she got a new shirt." Like, you know? <laughs> that, I think that's also it too. Is like he just was like, you know, he doesn't give a shit. Like most people out there don't care when someone's like, "Oh, do you like my thing?" It's just you just tell them you like it. You know what I mean? And that was yeah. a vi- if if he wasn't putting that together, another sign that he wasn't the brightest bulb in the box, like you know i it was very clear he was just laughing to appease her but at the same time people don't do great with surprises and it says a lot that he i don't know he kind of i don't know i'm not giving him any credit but like he really maintained that he really kept that tight and that sort of said a lot to me about how ever present the camera was he, yeah he rolled with it even though i've i've seen that he said later how much he hated those being in those videos but like you know but you could t- there was these there was a tiny moment of like 
Because, yeah, he was like, oh, yeah. And then he commented on the, because it was a pink color on the thing. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, that's not the, like, she, because he was, and you know, he was like, pink, oh, is it, no, that's just the thing, you know, whatever. And then he he was like, no, I know, I know. Like, there was a quick back and forth that, like. I thought it was, like, passive aggression. Because I would think on his third child, he would know that most pregnancy tests are pink. For girls, you know what I mean? It's not because of (laughs) the baby's a girl, but they make shit pink for ladies. So I I would think that he would know that. I almost assumed it was like a passive-aggressive dig, like... That he wanted a son? Yeah. Yeah. Like, sort of like, oh, well, if, you know, if it's going to be a girl, like, I'm sort of keeping my excitement low. That's sort of how I read it. I don't know. No, that's interesting. I, I... Because that would make sense that he would know by the third time. I just kind of thought he was like a little dumb and then was just getting defensive about being kind of a, a, or just, yeah, or just, but that makes a little more sense. So that's where like, I've sort of become like interested in if he's passive aggressive, because that to me is a big sign. Shanann's very outward. She wants to talk. She's very front facing. Like that's her, she had no problem being in an MLM, which requires you to be like hustling and have your face out there or whatever else. Mm. Chris, like he, he seems like he would be the type who's more like he has feelings about stuff, but he kind of keeps them buried and maybe it comes out in passive aggression. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so that's sort of what I was looking for. I don't know. I don't know. That was just a moment. Definitely. I think he keeps his feelings buried because especially with, strong women or type a personalities which you know his mom seemed like just watching the brief interviews with her she seems like it seems like he's probably somebody that buried his emotions his whole life and you know just kind of was a people pleaser in the sense that like okay yeah i i wonder if he was because some people say he was devoid of emotion because we do see a few displays later on where it's like do you even know how people feel bro like do you know how humans work um yeah yeah but i also think yeah i also think that he always would attach himself probably because of his mother to sort of more dynamic women nicole in her own world was like that shanann was Mm -hmm. like that his mom was like that he seems like someone who's almost like a i don't know to give him a label is like not it's not going to be enough to like really say i think he is a classic like overt narcissist in some ways where Mm. he just sort of hides under the cover of a much more openly narcissistic person Mm -hmm. and like reaps the benefits of that but like secretly is kind of the worst of the two oh absolutely you know yeah yeah. um but who knows anyway that is interesting about him being devoid of emotion because i can see him detaching himself or being able to compartmentalize in a sociopathic way that's like you know i mean obviously if you're can kill your children you got some real detachment uh you know i mean okay so then there's this and the next scene which is also why i want to play this is like he at the oil fields or whatever he's talking to his co-worker and he just really starts to naturally pitch thrive 
Like either he really believes in this product or he's about his wife's business, but he slipped into what I would consider to be sort of like an artificial friendliness where mm-hmm. he was like, you know, having this bond with this coworker that seemed to kind of have him at an arm's distance. Like, I, I don't think that they were like truly bros. I bet Chris would be his fourth best friend at work. You know? Yeah, it was, it was, they, they were trying to do a lot in this one little scene. They were trying to do a lot. They were trying to show that he's lost weight uh, from being on the Thrive supplements. So that's, you know, he dropped the ring, his coworker, you know, and then they were trying to reveal that people knew about the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole, he was not very thankful for the gift card. That, he was uh, not thankful for the gift really, card. That was like, you know, this is going to play an integral part later. And, and you're just really, you're, yeah, like two words of just like, oh, thanks, a gift card. I could do a part three on the gift card. I, like, I, I am fascinated by this concept that, <laughs> like, companies have gift cards that you can buy. And I'm assuming it's like a Visa credit card where it's like you just have, you can just spend it on whatever. And they give these out like i don't know did you buy them within the company do you use some sort of points you have he's able to use it at any restaurant like the concept of these company gift cards is blowing my mind it is blowing my mind because i don't know like and it it wasn't i i couldn't tell because he was later i don't want to skip ahead but he did say at some point to nicole like oh yeah the company gives them to me might as well use them and i i didn't know if that was i I thought that was part fabrication of like obviously he's not getting like you know reaping in the gift cards no it's it's fully real Okay. Because, like, they were talking about that. I mean, this is the credit card with Shanann thing sort of drives me crazy. Like, the whole sort of, I think that the the underlying credit card drama was a lot for me because I don't like money conversations to begin with. And I mm-hmm. certainly don't like to, like, nickel and dime about certain things. But at the same time, I understand why she was tracking his finances. But at the same time, I think that that was the last thing he felt like he had control over. And when he got stuck using these company gift cards, that was going to be good enough for a while. But eventually, he was going to start charging things on his card for his mistress again. Mm -hmm. And this was going to blow up either way. It was like the credit card in some ways was really like their undoing. And I think the thing that spurred a lot of major issues for them. Yeah, they didn't really go into like the reality of how much credit card debt these people had. Uh, You know, they mentioned like her tracking it and like him spending like she said to the friend, her friend, uh, at some point, like Nicole, a- Ashley, her real, her or, name in real life is Nicole, but they call her Amber, I think in this movie. Okay. Yes. And she was like, you know, Chris is, you know, you know did they, it was just like a one line thing. That's the thing. Like you said, like an hour and 27 minutes, they're really trying to cram in a lot of, uh, they get, they detail. get a lot done. But like, yeah. when you think about the last like big fight they ever had, it's about a $62 dinner with a salmon and a beer and then she winds up looking up the menu and calls him and is like there's no way that costs 62 dollars and i think for me in that moment unless he had already had seeds planted which we probably will never know i think that he was like she controls everything about my life and now she's controlling my fucking affair and i 
and like a psycho he he went there this was his way to like end the sort of bullshit about the credit card bill and everything else like they were in crazy debt though as you say their house they were trying to sell it actively when they um they were in the process of sort of talking about it spiffing up the house or whatever they had already declared bankruptcy once and they were about to potentially declare it again which is what's so crazy to me is that they made pretty good money and it seemed like for a pyramid scheme she was not the traditional story she was kind of killing it yeah but the yeah there's uh, but the yeah I, I i think so but then there was like i've read a little bit about that about how it worked there which is very similar to all you know uh pyramid schemes which was like you have to you have to get a certain number of of points sales by a certain time and if you don't hit that even if you're you know like right almost there then you go back to the stage before and mm-hmm. have to build up again or some so at some point she claimed that she was like like uh, as at some level but then later on on another facebook post she was at the level below I, oh okay she probably that, lost like some of her downline or something too like I mean, all God, these things I, happen like it's a lot the pyramid scheme thing is like, I don't know. Mm. I had a friend, uh, well, two things. One thing is that the, I think the maybe part of the reason Chris was pushing the business so hard is that like he wanted, I mean, they need money. So it's like, Absolutely. she's doing well, like let, let's try to, you know. Um, but then it made, it made me think of when I was uh, in junior high, my, I had a friend, a neighbor friend, whose dad was in Amway. Okay. And uh, that was, and he was at a level where they would have, they had product pickup once or twice a week, one, or once every two weeks, where people, all the people under him would come to their house and pick up their products, the soaps and different things that they sell, and they would have this motivational meetings and everything. So his, their whole garage was just loaded with products and like motivational tapes that we used to take and tape over and like with music and use them as our cassette tapes was amway basically like you know a person who has a mini costco in their house like is that it was like i know it was like household goods like things you would probably buy anyway the level of um of of products that you would find at at a costco but yeah a lot of cleaning stuff that i remember and then and it, yeah, and it was, was it just cheaper? About, not that I, I don't. It's odd. I don't know the benefits, but I, but, but his dad did sit me and two other friends of his from high school down one time with a whiteboard and try to pitch us on selling. Like boys, I'm gonna, I'm about to offer you something really special, and like tried to sell, you know, like pitch us on selling Amway. Did and, you know it was crazy? Yeah, even at the time, I think I could tell that this is not even even they made they made a decent living. But I think his mom was a teacher and like, you know, it was um, I could tell that it was something about it was uh, could be a little shaky. I mean, that's like when, you know, you're in a pyramid scheme is like it just doesn't fucking make sense. Like, oh, I have to buy X amount of product before I can even like talk to new people, but I can't, you know, I have to go out and like harass these people I went to high school with. Like, 
When but, things don't make sense, that's a pyramid scheme. Yeah. Like, I never got a whiff of desperation because if the dad was so confident and so, like, you know, so it didn't seem like, oh, there's bad dealings going on here. It just seemed kind of like, how does this work? A little greasy. <laughs> yeah. yeah just, just the whole thing in general. Like, you have a, you know, like a, a, a chart, like, you know, I'm, and it, it was like jewels. Like, I'm at, Ruby, I'm at Ruby level, but I want to go double diamond like, you know, the Kings over in, you know, Flint Ridge, uh, you know, whatever. And uh, yeah, it was, we did go to a couple Mary Kay parties, my mom and I, and I actually really it cleaned up my uh, teenage skin, their teen facial wash. It was I used it forever. It was great. But I remember there was one woman who would, you know, come around sometimes and I could just tell that it was her job to check in and show up at these meetings because she had earned the pink Mary Kay Cadillac, like whatever the big car is. It was like their thing. And she had earned that. And it was almost like. Oh, you get a glimpse of it, guys. Like, this is like, look at this elegant woman who comes in and she's put together and she's got the car and she has the family and she has it all. And, you know, I was maybe, a, I was like teenager, maybe 14 or something at the time. But I remember being like, wow, like it's almost too good to be true. And sure enough, it is. But I mean, God, thinking about all those times, it's like thinking about, times you could have been sex trafficked like all the times that you could have gotten into an mlm and just had no idea you yeah. know yeah but this leads well into another podcast our next you know, i'm sure we'll talk about it in the second half but um sh- we go into shenan doing a testimony about how she's not uh she's been doing this for not even that long and she's already gotten multiple work trips and vacations that she's won so i'm assuming that this video was recorded sometime around april she started in january of that year um she says that she's going to cancun next year with chris and the most rewarding part of this for her is that she gets to see so many people's live change because of thrive um she says to her audience ask yourself ask yourself if this job that you have allows you to live your best life because you deserve that everyone does just be happy period end of story um it's those non it's those inspirational non quotes you know Mm -hmm. it's very that's their whole business it's like all facebook all that all that internet-y sort of false wisdom Mm -hmm. stuff that people who aren't really your friends say to you um that's basically what these women are told told to peddle like that's how you make the connection with your audience um she says that she's going to be at the double tree that weekend and she'll be giving out free packages to the first 50 people uh if they can't see her there she'll be in north carolina the next week getting her strive on um the actress does a great job sort of showing Shanann's enthusiasm for this product. Yeah. She was I genuinely bet. enthused. Like, every time a new bar came in, she got a new flavor. She would be like, mm, oh, this is so good. Bella, Celeste, have a bite. Like, she was working the room. It was, she was great at it. Yeah. Yeah. Or like when she was live streaming and, you know, oh, hey, Cynthia, hey, you know, I got to see you next time in Can- I'm in Canada. Like, you know. She made everyone count. I think that this is the thing. It's like you could be very successful 
at this if you got in the right time and you had that exact personality like this isn't some for someone who like thinks they can mold themselves to be that like you just have to be a natural cheerleader effortlessly like life of the party miss congeniality like that has to be you in order to do well at this and she had that i think for sure whether it's false or not like it feels like in the greater scheme of things in life are you like is that woman on Facebook selling me stuff really my friend? No, but she's like she had, pleasant she did have to a watch. Certain warmth, yeah, yeah. I be- I believed her. Um, real Shanann, I think that she was actually very passionate about this, and also I thought the actress sold it. Um, so the neighbor comes knocking on the door, lets herself in while Shanann was doing her live stream. I love that dynamic right away that you set up of just the neighbor that sort of lets mm-hmm. herself in. Here comes Amber, and she's Nicole. like, "What's this about baby number three? Like she has no fucking time. <laughs> for any of this shit which is what's so true about real life Nicole Atkinson that I stand like I actually am a I'm a huge I would do anything I'd pay ten thousand dollars at a charity lunch for to to meet with um my girl Nicole Atkinson I think she's everything Uh, yeah I I see I was confused when we talked briefly over email when you mentioned Nicole um and Oh. And, and I thought you were talking about uh, Nikki, Nicole. The, Nicole Kessinger, yeah. The, the mistress. And so I was like, I, I was taking what you had told me over email about Nicole and applying it to the other Nicole. And I kept thinking, I'm not sure if this is adding Were adding you like, up. this doesn't seem like Molly. Like, this is <laughs> No, but I was just like, well, I was just kept waiting because you were like, the way they portrayed her, like, I don't know. It was. Yeah. But. Because it was close anyway. But now- so it was April Tellick is the name of this actress. And I want to say that she's like serving me like almost like Catherine Hahn levels of like sidekick movie moments where I'm just like, she's so buyable. It's like, like I Catherine Hahn and, and Jennifer Coolidge. Like, uh, one, oh yeah. Cause I mean, this picture also of her on her IMDb is iconic. She looks like she's yes. like backstage at a WWE event. Like she looks unbelievable. <laughs> I love her. She's great. So um, she's like, by the way, Chris has been looking great lately. And Shanann's all like, yeah, you know, he's he's really striving. He's striving. He's lost a bunch of weight. He's feeling good about himself. Can you believe that the Chris Watts we knew once had an extra 65 pounds on him? I can't. That's hard. It's hard for me to imagine him chubby. She wouldn't have been chubby, but chubbier like soft i can't i don't know yeah chris watts is ripped um so she's excited to show her her new app shanann found this new app that keeps track of all of your credit card charges just in case your purse gets stolen and um and that's when they get in the dig about chris suspending well she's like let's be real like you can track your husband through that i'm gonna keep forgetting her name amber it's amber in the movie okay so because i want to call her by her name just to make sure that Nicole Atkinson gets her due. Absolutely. And isn't confused with our our villain. So um, she says that they're going to be in North Carolina for six weeks, her and the kids. Um, she's going to get to see their families, do some relaxing. Chris is going to join like halfway through. Um, that seems like a lot to me for a newly pregnant woman to bring her two kids across the country and be away from her husband for three weeks. Yeah, even at her parents' house. 
So she asked her friend uh, to take a video for her because she needs to make a Father's Day video for Chris. Yes, this was this was um, a red flag. Not a red flag. Uh, I mean, as far as sincerity goes, uh, it's odd to have your friend do it. It's like a show. Like she she could have done that. She she filmed so much on her own anyway. She could have been by herself making a Father's Day video for. Chris. It was like a very impersonal, personal message. Like, yeah. I think she really believed it. I also just don't understand why it had to be a video because there's so many ways to say this. I know for me, the last thing I would want, like if it was like a boyfriend or, you know, I've never, I can, I've never been married, so I don't know that deep bond, but I can imagine it would be the same. I would never want like a video of my boyfriend telling me he loves me. I would want like a card. Like I would feel so uncomfortable watching a video. I would want a cameo personally. (laughs) (laughs) I want my husband to join cameo. Um, Well, I want a cameo from another celebrity, uh, you know, like a third tier celebrity telling me that my husband or speaking of celebrities, do you want me to refer you on cameo? I can give you a cameo code and people can order cameos from you. I'll zip it right over. I'm on there. I only charge 30 bucks. So I really don't have much to say to people and I'm sure they don't want to hear from me. But um, I, that is it's really, it's really, once you're in, you're in, baby. You yeah. Know? Well, hey, look, I'm, I'm, but certainly a possibility. I'm like, if seven people bought cameos from me, then it must be the easiest business in the world. Watch, like, I sound like I'm selling a pyramid scheme right now. <laughs> All you have um, to do is get three other people to cameo under you. <laughs> It's also hard to find people to cameo. Like you do get your referral code, but it's like hard to find people that feel like they need to join cameo. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. I think I would have to sit down and think about it for a little bit. Um, So she says in the video, hi, Chris, I just wanted to say that we are so blessed to have you in our lives and you do so much for us and you take such good care of us. And you're the reason I was brave enough to say to agree to number three. You're so incredible and we're really lucky to have you in our lives. Happy Father's Day. Okay, so. (laughs) What? I'm almost like confused if this is like creating proof that he wanted the third baby. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm I'm just I just don't under I don't understand why else this needed to be filmed. Again, this isn't like a criticism, but I'm just looking at the highlights of what was said in the video. And I feel like. And this, this you're the must reason certainly I was be a, a real video that exists. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I think I, I don't actually know if I've seen this, but I believe I feel like that's a strange thing to fabricate. To make up. Yeah. Um, okay. So Chris and Shanann go out on a date that night. Um, this is going to set up a little bit of their dynamic. Tough to watch. Um, <laughs> I thought at first that this, I mean, it was it, it was, was rough. It, it was. was. I thought this restaurant at first was, by the way, like a half upscale like dining place, half sports bar. <laughs> and then I realized it's there in the Doubletree restaurant, and that's the Strive Conference behind them. Oh, I did not even. Wow. So they're having this like sort of tiff, uh, which we'll hear in a moment, right in front of the Thrive family. So things were messy, I think. Yeah, that's, well, she, she says hi to a couple of people off camera. 
And I just thought she's <laughs> the belle of the ball. Well, I just thought like, oh, she's you know, she just she's very sociable. She knows people. She's trying to get like you know, constantly trying to get customers. So she's just yeah. I, no, I, I actually I agree with you. I think because it it is probably true either way. I think she plays well in town. Like mm-hmm. I feel like she's someone that would know people at the local restaurant no matter what. So I. I watched it the first two times I watched this. I thought that was like a half Dave and Buster's and that we were sort of seeing like bowling lanes or something. <laughs> They're on the dance dance revolution. Hey, Jessica. Hey. <laughs> That's what it looked like. And I also was like, is he facing the screens? I'm like, is this asshole watching football during dinner? Um, turns out it's just the Strive Conference. Um, I also want to say... You guys won't be able to see this, but imagine it. Shanann's wardrobe, I think, was... It was like she bought around being able to show her patch. Yes. Like she had a lot of cold shoulder tops and like tops with cutouts. And you could always see that patch. And of course, with Thrive, much like my eye patch that I used to help cure my lazy eye when I was a child, um, <laughs> my mom would draw like Big Bird or whatever I wanted on there for the day. Those Thrive patches are for style, honey. They have cheetah. They have leopard, neon tie dye. Like tie-dye, yeah. They yeah. consider any sort of aesthetic you may have. And they think they're cute with their patches for I- sure. The very first shot of her, I it, I thought she was wearing BDSM like uh, like some sort of bondage gear just for two seconds because the way it's cut, it's like these straps, straps, and then the thri- then the big old psychedelic thrive patch on the arm. Um, it does, real- she she did love an off the shoulder top, and I actually do. I think it's like kind of sweet that this is what they interpreted to be her date night outfit. Yeah, it's like same t shirt as home, but sparkly. Um, <laughs> all right, let's play ten oh five to. 1134. You look so sexy. Really? Thanks. Water. Water toast. To a boy? A boy. Have you thought about names? Christopher Watts the second. You don't love it. Okay. Um, maybe we could name him after my dad. Edward? Eddie. Eddie? I want him to have friends. <laughs> I want him to be liked. I was thinking about um, Nico. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. Nico Christopher Watts. Nico Lee Watts? Hell. Um, you ready yeah. for order? Um, I'm gonna. Do you have any kind of like grilled chicken something? Okay. We have a grilled chicken salad. Let's have two of those. Love two. Thank you. Judith. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Judith. Hey, Shanann. You're so fun. Let me just say quickly that 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 was um, totally 
the Thrive. <laughs> I, could oh. see, I saw the signs in the background, the balloons. Yeah, I don't know what I... It, it took me... I really had to focus in because I'm like, what's going to be your like bit about Dave and Buster's? Like, what are you... What's your take on them being in Dave and Buster's? And <laughs> finally, it was only when I examined that closely. So that was a very rough scene. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think that we have to acknowledge this as well, is that... Even though someone had something very horrible that they did not deserve happen to them, they are still, they were still in life a complicated person Mm -hmm. that has as many sort of love it or don't love it personality traits as you could have. And, you know, a lot of people thought that maybe this was a little unfair to Shanann or that they Mm -hmm. made her seem a certain way. I think that they have to set up a cartoonish version of their dynamic but I wouldn't be shocked if this was similar to a conversation or something that they had in real life. When you're married, you have a shorthand. You know, you sort of know, like, okay, I got to cut this off here. She's not going to listen to me. This isn't worth the fight. Here's how I steamroll them. You kind of know a little bit. I think that I think that something like this could have very easily happened between them. And it doesn't necessarily mean that she was a rough person. Just really more means that, like, that was their communication pattern. Yeah, I think um, I think that the, they have to magnify these things for dramatic uh, scenarios, and uh, I think that, like, um, you know, I was because I, I, I was thinking about this earlier, uh, like you were saying that people can be complicated, and obviously, what he did, nothing that she did warrants what happened to her. Um, uh, but I, I did feel like at, at points, the movie, like almost, you know, almost paints him as a victim of these, of, you know, whether it's a strong woman or a siren or like, you know, yeah. like, like he's just being tossed around by these, you know, he's just cut off, like caught up in all of it. Like he's just in the middle of all this. And, and I suppose, you know, if like the ending had been like, he, you know, drove away on his own uh, into the sunset in a VW bus with the dog and was like, I'm going to find myself. I got to go see about a girl. And then he drives off to California. That's the end of Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, I think is. that you could, if you pasted that into this movie, it'd be perfect. Well, you could, you could very much then be like, well, yeah, screw all them, you know. But the fact that he did something so horrendous then it makes it hard to see to see these little negative parts of the other people you know because you're like well they're the victims you know why are we but that's what you have to do with the it's also dramatizing a story like this in an hour and a half you know you have to magnify these little parts so you have to see where she might have upset him you know Um, i don't want to be like so overly sensitive to the people that really, you know, care about the victims in this case that I'm not being fair here and like giving an actual assessment. I do not think they should have been married. I think that this marriage was their patterns were already established and it was toxic and that they should not have been married. And the way that he chose to get out of it was worst case scenario beyond. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But I mean, it didn't seem like they were getting along for a while. And I think anyone who would watch something like that or see some of the tenseness and obviously what happened, they they wouldn't argue that this was like a good relationship that could have been saved. This isn't Nicole. Um, Nicole uh, Kessinger's problem either. Like, yes, she's a huge problem in the situation, but they still did not have a great marriage. I don't think. No, it didn't seem like it. It seemed like that. And if you know, he came in at a time when she was sick, and she clearly seems like she might be a high maintenance person, mm-hmm. and and you know that can be a lot to deal with. And somebody like him might have like had just kept you know just reached a threshold where and he doesn't have the the kind of social or mental capacity to like common sense his way out of a, a conflict like this yeah and so it's like oh i just have to get rid of it all you know and, and that's just where the sociopathic kind of and ignorance you know, of just doing what he did is being trapped. No, you're absolutely your right. And then being like, Oh, I just, if I just bury it. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. It was, I don't, it was just, it was, uh, it was so terribly fucking mishandled, <laughs> which is the understatement of the century. What did you say? It was just said. so terribly handled. Yes, like exactly. it just, all of this was like, Really terribly handled. And, but beyond that, we should remember too that Chris sought out Shanann. He was the one who reached out to her on Facebook. She had just gone through a breakup. She wasn't mm-hmm. interested in dating and he sort of really pursued her. And I think that there is something about him that's drawn to these sort of domineering female figures mm. in his life. He went for her and then right away the mom got really jealous. And that dynamic is so unfortunately common. Like I think we all have known that person where the mom's like you stole my little boy and Mm -hmm. the woman's just trying to live her fucking life and then the two of them get pitted against each other and it's always portrayed as a nightmare for the son but in reality like if you married someone you have to stand up to your family and be like this is the person i chose yeah he didn't seem like he was ever able to do that and his family really fed to the weakest parts of him yeah they really like fueled those weak parts and that's why I, I mean, I think they, they genuinely are all so deluded, that family, the Watts family, that they think he really is not to blame for his actions. Oh, yeah. I mean, what, I haven't I haven't uh, gone far enough down the rabbit hole to to hear alternate theories from his mother. But but it's very clear that she. I mean, I think or, that no, she, about, or that she might think that uh, oh he he did it, but she brought it on herself. I don't. I, I think it's the I think it's the latter. Like I think that she doesn't think he didn't do it. I think she knows he did it, but I think she's like, well, who wouldn't in his situation? Which is like, well, most people, Cindy, most people would not do that. Um, so they're at home banging it out after the failed TGI Fridays date. Um, and Bella comes in and she's like, what rhymes with helicopter? And Shan's like, I'll help you. So I don't know what homework she was doing in the middle of the night as a, a three year old. I thought she said, where's my helicopter? She said, what rhymes Rhyme. with helicopter? <laughs> 
<laughs> Shanann gets out of bed and Chris lays there just like looking fed up. And I, I will say, like, if that was anything else that that child wanted to know about, I would not under, I would be like, okay, of course, if she needs milk or something, you get right out of bed, you help her. Last thing you want is your kid watching you have sex because they need juice. Okay. But <laughs> the other side of that is it's like, Go to bed. Like you're not even you're four. You're not even in school. Like you don't have homework. Like why are you asking me about rhymes? I, 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 yeah, I, I thought it was just, just in thinking that she ha- wanted to know where her helicopter was, which uh, I thought that was weird enough. Like what four year old has a toy helicopter? I, I just I don't know. But then if it was what rhymes with helicopter that's just bananas what i mean i think that might have been literally like the writer's way of saying like she would get out she would ditch chris for the smallest reasons maybe well yeah i love it i don't know so we see shenan getting the kids into a taxi so they all go to the airport to north carolina it's a sweet goodbye you can see like she's the family cheerleader she's really sweet with the kids he doesn't appear especially emotionally distant in this scene but he's not also super engaged the way that he's not as Mm hands-on um chris stares at the house after they pull off and ominous music why can't i ever say that word ominous 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 music starts to play um and they're doing this like weird person perspective thing on the house where he's getting smaller and the house is getting bigger i don't know what this is supposed to symbolize other than maybe he's like speeding out of his mind on thrive or that the house is a big burden to him yeah like debt or what or kind of just like what is what what is my life there you go. I think that could be it. Um, then we cut to our girl, Tammy, in the squad interview room. She's been listening to Chris describe their relationship. And she goes, well, it sounds like you were very happy. And he's like, yeah, we were. And then we weren't. Last time we spoke, she wanted to separate. And Tammy says that it seemed like they have great jobs, good, uh, great kids, great house. What what was missing? Chris says he doesn't know. You'd have to ask Shanann. Mm-hmm. Um where did Tammy get the idea that they have like good jobs and are making good money? Like already investigating. I mean, is she just sort of like, is she sort of bullshitting that so that he'll be like, no, we're fucking bankrupt or were they really, I'm interested about that. Yeah, That's a good question. If you're, I don't know if it's a leading question or if it's like they had done their research. They played him like a, fucking fiddle in this room it is like actually it's like gorgeous it's like watching sports like a well done football mm-hmm. play like you're like mm-hmm, that was worth the cte Executed yeah perfectly. totally so then we get the little patch pills shake montage again and then we cut to the offices that chris reports to i'm guessing that because of the job where you i don't was he an oil rig guy i don't know what that he does something with oil i don't think any of us need to know um it doesn't matter but it seems like they report to a lot of different fields and then there's also a bunch of different offices and so sometimes they go to the office that's closest to them sometimes they have to go to the main office because this doesn't look like the place he goes every day for work it doesn't and in reading the small bit i did about Nicole, his mistress, they make her look like she's just like a receptionist on, in a construction site trailer. Like that's, but I think, I think she had some sort of agricultural, like, I think there was, she had 
an actual, not that that's not an actual job, but they certainly seem to kind of demote her. In she this. had like, well, because she, in an interview I was listening to earlier, she was really concerned during her sort of interrogation process about losing her job. And she had apparently lived on an oil rig for like five years and it was like hell. And she finally got to leave that environment and was working at a desk job where she felt comfortable. Mm -hmm. But from what I understand, she literally like lived in an oil rig field or whatever. She called it a rig. I don't, I really don't know. I don't know what fracking is. I don't know about any of this shit. Well, cause some of those were like, there's, there's ones that are out at sea, which that, that could like you'd be really would have to be living there and trapped out there, and that could. No wonder she was so horny. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. But the anyway, like, when we meet Nicole, um, who becomes his mistress, we know the least about her in this portrayal. Um, and I think this is where the most imaginative storytelling is in this movie is whatever mm. it was that happened between them, because mm-hmm. Nicole did her best to bury information. I don't know if she took a secret deal that we still do not know about to this day but it's crazy that she wasn't pursued based on some of the stuff that's out there and you know a lot of this a lot of her story we're at her mercy um for some reason or another there was deleted texts that never got retrieved all sorts of stuff um so because of that, I think we should play the scene where they meet um, and how things sort of quickly picked up between them. The first thing we see in this office is Chris walking in and slipping um, his wedding band off when he sees Nicole is working. Um, 1405 to 1545. Hey, Jim. Safety office. Please hold. Hey. Hi. What can I do for you? I'm easy. Good, because if one more person asks me about a replacement safety valve, I might not come back from lunch. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm just going to get in my car and just drive. Well, that's the sixth one today. But I like you, so. Glad you like me. Don't want to get to your head. Too late. <laughs> If you have any problems, give me a call. Thanks. You're quitting. What? Good for you. Oh, no. I no, I don't I don't smoke. I uh it's strive. Is that like a religious thing or <laughs> no, it's like I don't know, vitamins and minerals helps your body get like fit, you know. You look all right. Just all right? You look good. Call me if you have any problems. Or even if you don't. So very taken with her. She's openly flirty with him. When he comes home, he watches porn on the big screen uh, in yes, his living kissing, room, which is kissing porn. 
bold. It is like I would feel so dirty doing that in my own house. I live in alone by myself, let alone knowing that my <laughs> children live here. Yes, they may be out of town, but like what if it imprints on the walls or something? You can't watch porn on a big screen. That seems like so it seems criminal to me. Yeah, it's 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 not something I would uh, choose to do. It seems odd. Uh, it's like it's just very uh, yeah. I don't know. It, it, and that's the, like, did that happen, or was that just kind of like was that the way to kind of show us in you know literally three seconds? I think something? people were sort of suggesting online that that definitely didn't happen. I took it as a tip that maybe the thrive was starting to have an effect on his libido, and like that's a, where like myth. Yeah, sort of like, I mean, because he's like, you know, he's lifting weights, he's horny, he's like watching porn in the living room, he has a mistress like it the the storyline with strive or thrive like sort of leads you to a lot of places. And I think one of them is that it might have really affected his libido. Um, yeah, I mean, or you could go so far as to say that the, you know, it affected his mind. In, to- oh, totally. You know. Um, I did read a, a, a real interview with with the mis- mistress Nicole where she did say like at some point it was like he was on speed. Yeah. Yeah, she did say that. And that's I did start to wonder if that was her coming in on the side trying to create a defense for Chris against Thrive. You know, mm-hmm, I I thought mm-hmm. she's very crafty. Nicole is interesting. Um, okay, so he opens the fridge and he sees all these pre-packed meals that Shanana's made. It, it does look very ordered. It looks very like, okay, I can choose from one of these five blue Tupperwares and I don't like any of them. Mm-hmm. Um, he decides to give that girl Nicole a call. So they go on a hiking date together. I'm not going to lie. The main reason why I want to watch this scene is because there is a Jesus Jones reference in there. Um, seven. <laughs> 1713 to 1833. Sometimes I just want to get in my car and say to hell with it and drive away and never look back. And go where? I don't know. Figure it out when I get there. How about you? Where'd you rather be? You kidding? Right here, right now. No place I'd rather be. <laughs> Girls, I love this place. Girls. Daughters. Oh, um, Bella and Cece. Your dad. Yeah. Oh, here. Okay. That's Bella. Cece's on the right. And you're married. Why don't you We're wear a separated. ring? separated. Separated. We live in the same house, but like, I sleep in the basement, like, just trying to sell the home, you know, keep things cool for the kids. So, hey, would I lie to you? Would I lie to you? What time am I picking you up on Friday? Friday's my birthday. You got plans? Guess I do now. So, I'm saying, why did they have to bring Jesus Jones into this mess? There's no way that that's a coincidence. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you think about, like, the age, you know, I don't, I can't remember who penned this, actually. I do. Barbara Marshall. Marshall. She's young. She may not, she may not know. 
She seems young. Yeah. Maybe she's not a Jesus Jones fan. It could Jones be just fan. in her subconscious, that, you know, iconic lyric. I'm going to have to reach out. Barbara, tweet me. Um, okay. Which is funny, that because I didn't, I didn't get it as a Jesus Jones reference, oddly enough. It just, um, didn't, it just didn't hit me in the same way. Totally see it now. But... But the way Nicole reacted to it in the moment, it's almost like she did because she was like, she kind of smirked and walked away. And it's almost like, is she a Jesus Jones stan or or not, you know, or like, don't try to hit me up with this Jesus Jones line that I've heard a million times before. (laughs) Actually, that's like. That's it. I think that I think you just fucking cracked the case, dude. I actually think that is 100% right. Barbara, I'm sorry I doubted you. So, um, I mean, this is this scene though is the essence of why I think a lot of people cheat. It's that they have like, you know, this thing going on in their marriage and they have this commitment, but then they find someone else who brings new ideas and new experiences to the table. And then all of a sudden it's like, they're seeing the world through new eyes and it's escapism, total escapism. Mm -hmm. Um, But it also looks so sad. Like it's so sad to see this dad roaming around in the woods while his pregnant wife and his two kids are across the country with his fam. It's like, it's so dark. Yeah. Super dark, super dark that like he's feels so trapped and in over his head by something that, by something that could be, that brings so many other people so much joy, you know? Right. Based on the dynamics of his the relationship with his wife, also based on just his own interpersonal, you know, emotional and mental state. But, like, yeah, that he sees that as just, like, this darkness. Like, I, I think, really, that cutting back to that scene of him looking at the house and the house kind of looming up. Because then, then, then he's, like, feeding the dog and looking inside the refrigerator, and it's just like, it's all here stacked up, like, against me. Exactly. You know? and, and it goes to show how much he must have been feeling that because he went to a park with a girl from work, and, like, all of a sudden... His whole universe has opened up for him. Um, I will say that I just dating tip, guys. I don't know if y'all will agree <laughs> or not. For me, I think if you're going to date someone with kids, for me, it's very important that they don't tell me about their like details. I don't want to see pictures. I don't think it's my business. I don't I think it's like a little I know I've never had a kid, so I don't I don't know how impossible it is to not bring them up. But I feel like it's okay to say you have kids. But once you're showing pictures and stuff, it feels like you're kind of passing your kids around. I feel uncomfortable with that. But at some point, obviously, like, what what are you talking about? Oh, I'm fine dating someone and knowing that they have kids, like going in on a first date. I would love, that's fine. But But when they're telling me their names and their interests and showing me pictures. Like early on, you mean. Yeah, 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 just because I'm like, protect your kids. You don't know me. Like, what if I'm a fucking psycho? What if I am? You know, like I, (laughs) I think that that's, I don't know, just as a kid who had a single mom, I'm like, you don't need to, you don't need, not every, every person you meet needs to know about your kids. It's just the truth. It's like predators on the internet, plus single moms out there. Hello, pedophiles out here trying to date 
to snatch your kids up. And that's just the truth. Single mothers are very vulnerable. Um, And you can't, I mean, tell me that Nicole wouldn't have been a shitty stepmom. We cut back to Chris talking more with Tammy. um, And he says that he knew something was definitely up with Shan when she was in uh, North Carolina. Tammy wants to know if maybe she suspected that something was up. Maybe she was pulling away. And Chris scoffs at the idea that there could possibly be someone else. That's not Shanann. That's not her. He says, I'm not the kind of guy that would go off and just sleep with anyone either. Like, not not the people who know me. They know who I am. People know me. And that's not the kind of guy I am. So Tammy never brought up infidelity. And all, and already he's sort of not just clearing himself of potentially having a mistress, but also being like, there's no cheating whatsoever. No way. Not cheating. Not us. Um, so that's going to bite him in the ass yeah. later. Um, Shan is back home in North Carolina uh, doing a live from the... The porch of her parents house she wants to talk about mindfulness she's really grateful for her house so this is where we find out that she was diagnosed with lupus a few years back um that's actually why they moved to colorado was to help shannon uh shannon's lupus um she says that she discovered thrive and she got her happy back and also her husband chris um he's the best and she can't wait to see what the future holds for him oh, and this holds is when they, inter- they intercut that with him like lifting weights listening to heavy metal music yes and it, striving out it this is aggressive because he definitely isn't it's not easy for him but he shows no sign of stopping like benching these major weights like he's doing curls with like i mean that's two double mattresses he's holding like that is heavy shit um i'm blown away by just anything anytime anyone's lifting something i'm like jesus christ take a break um oh also this was this is where we see um just and i don't know if this is real life but he just how many prime uh primal or um uh, tribal tattoos. Primal, oh yeah, tribal tattoos. He has. I also call them primal tattoos. They are um, primal. But, but uh, I mean, like large back piece, arms. It's it's really that's a lot of red flags. It's a little insight, you know. It's a little because he's also kind of young to have those. That was like yeah, a, was a real like nineties. Like ten, he had to have gotten them ten years after they stopped being cool, which just also sort of shows that he doesn't really know who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that all was real, and I kind of like the idea of the two of them thinking they're a little sexy and rock and roll. Like it's <laughs> so delightfully lame. Um, so he does does his patch, his pill, his thrive, um, and then he waits for Nicole at a restaurant. Shanann calls from North Carolina, and he answers the phone. She gives him a cheerful update. Uh, they're having fun at home. He asks to talk to the girls and Nicole like walks in right as they hand the phone back to their mom. And he's like, I got to run. The guys and I are getting dinner. Um, he hangs up on her like mid sentence, which is new for her. Yeah. Uh, she's very stunned. The minute Nicole walks in, he is like moth to a flame. Um, he says, Nikki in a birthday card, he wrote her, Nikki, your energy is insane. You heat me up, you make me melt, and then you cool me down like rain. Happy birthday. And she says, that may be the sweetest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> I wouldn't, I mean, so this is the other thing, is that Chris and Nikki dated for, she says, only six weeks. So... And other people found out 
you know, they they had suspected something for a while. Later, the cops found out that she had been aware of Shanann as far back as 2017. So she had sort of been low-key Facebook snooping on Shanann and Chris. I don't know if she heard Chris's name in the company somewhere, maybe spotted him, or like she's maybe just like a little bit of a local Facebook celebrity. Because oh, all of her yeah. stuff was public. So Nicole had become aware of Shanann and was like Googling her. But then she and Chris only started. This was maybe a week after he met her that he wrote her that card. She's very narcissistic as well. She seems very sort of flattered by the idea, like in her interviews, that like he might have done this for her. Like, maybe he killed his wife for me. Like, it's very sick shit. Wow. wow. Um, so also, she- the, do you think this is real? That the Or just a thing for the movies that the card that didn't have an envelope? <laughs> I always think, okay, when they only do that in the movies, and time? I think it's because they can't deal with the whole... I mean, have you ever watched someone open an envelope? Yeah, it takes 20 yeah. minutes, yeah. you know? It's like a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> But I had the exact same realization. I was like, because they don't have envelope time. This is lifetime. Yeah. Um, So she opens the gift and it's a book, The Wandering Traveler. And she's impressed that he listens. Um, They look at each other for a moment, just completely silent. And he goes, did you feel that? Um, Gross. He pulls uh, her away from the table and the two of them start making out like horny teenagers on the stairwell next to the bathroom. Yeah. And they they took there was a very long like tracking shot. Like he's like, come here. And he pulls her off screen. And then they like you see a lot of what's going on in the kitchen with the line cooks. And before they turn a corner into the stairwell and they're like, uh, she's, she's kind of straddling him on, in the stairwell. You um, see like someone fighting with their manager in the kitchen I mean, about really, comping like the fish and chips for table 28. <laughs> it's enough. It's a, they spent enough time getting there that where you could really see like, you know, someone, clocking in and out that must have been a pricey location and they needed to get like their money's worth or something yeah or they couldn't but then they couldn't use an envelope you know it's like (laughs) what's going on with your time management here (laughs) um so they go back to dinner which surprised me because i thought they would just get out of there at that point um and they're sitting next to each other like all coupled up completely in public by the way like oh yeah like the fuck i could never i could never be that bold and he notices that nikki has quote-unquote shit all in her teeth so they said the s word which is exciting but then he starts to like pick the stuff out of her teeth and she stops and she goes it's my snack for later and he goes gross so apparently Nicole had like what people consider to be cool girl syndrome where like she sort of would like bro down with the boys then like she would like pull jokes like that like oh I like having stuff in my teeth like she wasn't necessarily um, like a demure woman and like that was her edge in her mind and I think what drew people in she didn't seem like someone who had a lot of girlfriends you know no I mean you live on an oil derrick for five years and you probably learn how to uh really bro it bro it out there's that that is so true she's probably she might not even want to work in this industry this might be all about the d um so shannon gets a shannon gets a notification on her phone and sees that chris spent 62 dollars at dinner chris and nikki are making out in the car when his phone starts to ring 
Um, we're going to cut back to the squad room where Tammy's asking him if they were communicating while she was gone. And he's pulling a total opposite on her. And he's being like, we were talking less and less. She was being so distant on the phone. Our, our phone calls were getting shorter. Um, things weren't as hot and heavy between the two of them. And he hoped that things would start to take care of themselves. But that wasn't the case. I'm surprised at like how active they expect their sex lives to be eight years into marriage. Like I'm a little bit surprised by how much that comes up, not just in um, Shanann's real life texts with her friend, Nicole Atkinson, but like in this movie, I'm like, Shanann's like, he won't even fuck me. She's writing that to her friend. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, lady, you're pregnant. Like, clearly you guys have had sex somewhat recently. It's not. (laughs) I thought they had sex quite a bit for a married couple that was A, with two kids, one on the way, and having a lot of discord in their marriage. And I, I feel like it felt like sex to him was the only way that he could feel in control uh, somewhat of a situation because it's like when they're at the thrive conference and and uh, at dinner and she orders the dinner for both of them and he you know and he's like let's get out of here yeah and it's like it's just like that's his last resort for but yes anyway but i do think also this is all a little bit with i mean while shenan's like he won't have sex with me i feel like one of their only last bonding points is a sexual relationship yeah i do think that there is some sort of they're sort of implying either that he's a sex addict or that all of this like extra sexual behavior came from thrive strive Strive, yeah Don't sue me, guys. Um, You know who you are. So we're going to cut to a scene in North Carolina where it's a fun day in the sun for everyone. Chris is watching uh, Cece with her birthday cake uh, via live stream. He's eating cereal, watching his kid do her birthday cake. And then all of a sudden, Nicole's at home snapping nudes and sending them to him. So he like swipes up and fully bounces on Cece's live stream. I don't think anyone notices. Because um, it's the text also says, come over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he goes right there. They I go, said, it said, my note says he leaves frame in a hurry. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's the damn truth. Um, Shanann's mom knows that something's going on between them, and she's asked her what's going on, and she's like, he's busy. Um, and she's like, you know, I think he's really out of sight, out of mind. And yeah. No, I just uh, quickly, um, two things. We talked about, like, I would never, like, them being so public in the restaurant. When he gets to her house, he like she flings open the door and like straddles him in the doorway with the door open. Like I don't know where she lives. Yeah. Like and then it takes a moment. They're like making out where he like slowly closes the door. So that was a like oh wow. that struck that me as some well. Bold. And then they immediately when they before they cut to they cut back to North Carolina to with the mom and 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 Shanann are going to have the talk. But right there was a little foreshadow. <laughs> there was some foreshadowing. I thought it was an interesting. Touch was one of the girls being dragged in in a blanket, kind of like a corpse. Like. I oh my god! I'm so glad you said that because I was like, I don't know if I want to point that out, but yes, I because I've never seen someone do that as a game, like pull a child around a yard laying on top of a towel. 
And I was like, oh, my God, that towel is going to get grass stains. I mean, that's where my mind goes. Um, But it was I was surprised that that was a game that they decided to play. Yeah, it very much seemed like a foreshadowing moment uh, cinematically. Bold choice on the part of the director, because I'm sure he was the one who had to come up with that. And that's a, a bold and kind of odd choice because her, their whole upper half of her body is is wrapped in the blanket so you just see legs mm-hmm. and you just see it being dragged along the ground and that was like wow yeah guys write in if you play drag a blanket in your family because i've never seen that ever um Nikki and Chris, no, don't be sorry at all. Oh, but the big thing that Shanann's like, she's like, you know, he's working out and he has his friends and the dog. And like, listen, I actually am the president of the Dieter fan club. I love that little dog they had. I love Dieter. But like the way they talk about taking care of the dog, I'm like, how many hours (laughs) of the day? Like I have a sick borderline incestuous relationship with my dog and like when it comes down to the hours a day i need to spend with him it's probably 15 minutes maybe an hour <laughs> like she's acting like he's playing with Dieter non-stop for hours a day and this is how she's justifying it to herself yeah that's 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 the sweaty reach yeah you just dunk a um a measuring cup into a big like bag of food and you pour it in and then Which that's show him do that earlier <laughs> pretty much how you take care of a dog and i couldn't um, help do you know if the dog did somebody take the i dog? think actually dieter is with nicole atkinson uh, from what okay. i from the last i read is I that he so. was with them i know he's so cute um he was always like yapping in the facebook lives too he's a very verbal little man yeah so nikki and chris talk about bali cuba she really mm. wants to go for the beaches he really likes cuba because of the cars and she's like <laughs> what no i it just took me like two viewings to Kind of just put Cuba in cars. I know they have a lot of older cars, yeah, know, nice model cars and stuff. But it was just such an odd, uh, specific, especially because kind of- it was like recently legal to go to Cuba, and so like there's like so many things. I mean, I will say the cars jump out to me too. Like, who wouldn't want to drive around Cuba in a beautiful vintage car? But when you think of being a gearhead, I think like Florida. Like maybe you go to Florida, <laughs> like someplace in America where people are still like drag racing or something. Thinking going internationally for vehicles is kind of dark. Yeah. Um. So she's like, I knew you were a gearhead. And he's like, well, what are you into? And she's like, wildflowers. They don't need anything from anyone. They grow wherever they want. Beautiful and free. Who are you? Like what? <laughs> No one's fucking hobby is wildflowers. They're wildflowers. <laughs> like, you can't even find them. Like, if you should... Good, you found one. It's wild. Like, what do you... How do you have a passion for wildflowers? When do you expand on that? Like, it's such a, like... Like, Tumblr 2008 idea of being, like, obsessed with a wildflower. Yeah. I would hate to see her tattoos. Yeah. You know? I mean, there is that. I mean, there was that last year. There's that one time a year somewhere in the California. Where, well, there's that. And then there's also, there was a wildflower kind of explosion somewhere. And there was just like all over Instagram for like, and then it became like, you know, you, traffic jams. And I The never, orange ones? No, I don't. I 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe. My hairdresser is like 70 years old and she drove to those. And I was like, Doris, (laughs) the fuck? (laughs) Yes, I see a 70 year old woman to do my hair. Okay. She's kept it very healthy. Um, Looks great. Thanks. It's like a foot fucking long. Like this is, this is for me. This is very long. Um, So he's like, is there anything in that book that's nearby? And she goes, yeah, White Sands. And he's like, everyone's been a White Sands. And then guess what? She hasn't. So they're going to go. And he's so revved up on this. It's like very. You've been here 27 years and you've never been to White Sands? Yeah. Wow. And I'm like, you've been here for one year. Like, how much travel are you doing, Chris Watts? Like, <laughs> he he acted like it was, like, as if it's not a beautiful national park, which is, it's not the name of the actual national park they went to. That one is different. Because I thought White Sands, I was like, maybe it's, like, a skiing thing. Like, that's, I don't know. No, um, it's, it's, it's white desert. I'm such a dumbass. Um, no. You know, I thought it was like a metaphor. Well, like sure. It's like, like, like powder, you know what I mean? Like you hit the moguls, you know? Absolutely. Shred. Um, I thought they were going to shred. So Shanann greets her father-in-law at her mom's house. And the Watts family did not like Shanann ever. And the feeling was clearly mutual. And they do the best they can in sort of showing this through a hug. Um, she's not happy to take the hug. They didn't go to the wedding. I've learned that. The parents... The Watts parents did not go to the wedding. They did not go to the wedding. Um, I forget exactly what it was about. It was definitely just like a power struggle issue. Um, I think it was about maybe the location or something. Oh, really? Small like that. It seemed like one of those classic you'd see it on Reddit sort of things. Sure. Um, So, okay, let's just play this scene. Um, 2756 to 3053. Hey, there's my daughter-in-law. Good to see you. Get something to show you. Oh, great. Oh, <laughs> is this for the girls? For the boy. Wait, we don't know if it's a boy yet. It's time for a boy. Carry on the Watts family name. Oh, here. Chris used to love this. <laughs> Thank you. That's cute. Thanks. Where are the girls? Uh, swing set. Hey, girls! Grampy's here! So, how did you keep yourself busy while they were away? I was just being here. Just working out, going to work, you know, going on runs and and keeping up the house. (laughs) Stop. Who keeps going? Shanann. Mm-hmm. Come on, let me see that one with you turn around. This one? Huh? No, what is that? That's not a pose. It's not okay, you should take it. She's ruining the mood. Go. Oh, uh, yeah. Go. Don't move. Where am I going to go? Hey. Okay, hi. Just hear me out. I've thought about this a lot, and I don't want the girls staying at your parents' house while we're on this trip. Yeah, so uh, what do you what do you want me to do about it? I want you to call your dad right now and tell him we're not going. Okay? Hello? Chris, hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. I will. You're going to call him tonight? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. That's all I ask. Just, uh... I'm sorry. <laughs> 
God, I'm so tired. Um, are you okay? Yeah. It doesn't really seem like you want to be talking to me. No, just, I have long days at work, you know. Worn out. Okay. And get some rest. Don't forget to eat dinner. Oh, by the way, I got an alert from Visa that there was a charge at a place called the Wheelhouse. That was me. Yeah, why? I, I don't want to nag you, but um, that's the card we're trying to pay down, right? Yeah, I remember. I'm sorry. I just I was out with the guys, and I forgot. Hey, tell the girls I love them, and um, give them a big old kiss for me, will you? Okay. I love you. I'll t- Chris? Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.